Hello there, and welcome to the Ask Time Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games, and all that jazz. Let us know tomorrow. This week, we're talking about three thousand years of longing. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host John. How are you this week? Hello there. I'm doing great. Can't wait to talk about three thousand years of longing, a film that I've been really looking forward to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is George Miller's first film since Mad Max Fury Road, which I haven't seen, but I've heard only good things about. I definitely know that there's a lot of hype surrounding this film. Yeah, everyone loves Fury Road. I saw it. I was like, oh, that's great. You know how he did it. But if you know Empire, Empire did like this huge survey of like, what's the best film of the 21st century? And they said Mad Max Fury Road. I was like, okay, that's a bit. Oh, I can't. That's a bit too far. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I mean, can it really be better than, I don't know, La La Land or like Spider-Verse, some of my all-time favorites? I don't know. I don't know. So, 3,000 Years of Longing. Briefly explain the plot for those who don't know. <clears throat> 3,000 Years of Longing is a 2022 fantasy romance drama film directed by George Miller, starring Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba. 3,000 Years of Longing is about a lonely scholar on a trip to Istanbul, discovers a djinn who offers her three wishes in exchange for his freedom. Full spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen 3,000 Years of Longing and you're interested, go give it a watch because we're going to be spoiling everything here. What did you think? Okay, the first time I saw it, I walked out the cinema and I texted you saying it was definitely 3,000 years long. And I <laughs> felt it was just, I don't know, it's just the first time I thought it was just an empty story. And I wasn't really entertained with the short stories that was going throughout. And another reason why I didn't really particularly enjoy the film, because one, the cinema was hot. So oh, yeah, <laughs> I had seen it in the same screen, but a couple of hours before and I concur, it was sweltering in there. The aircon must have been broken because... Yeah. Woo! Yeah, and then I just tried to focus on the film, but it was just so hot. I was like, get me out! I don't want... I, was just, I just didn't want to see more of the film because it was too hot, and I thought it was just too long a film. And there was a group of people, I don't know, they were doing something for TikTok. <laughs> I'm not even joking. There was oh, a group of no. people... He walked in the cinema, right? So this was during the adverts, and I knew there was going to be something really bad during the film about these people just disrupting it. So they walked in the cinema, and they had popcorn, and they tried to do this goofy thing, like if you slip in the banana, and then the character just flips all over the place, right? So they did that in front of the audience. I'm not joking. They did this in front of the audience, and there was a group of people filming this, like it was just some prank. But it was just so stupid. And they would not shut up during the film. And they were talking so loud, like they were doing this on purpose. And I'm not kidding. The whole audience was pissed. <laughs> they were shouting. It was like the video when The Force Awakens came out. And there was somebody oh, at yeah, the front yeah, yeah, yeah. With the had flash. a flashlight on. Yeah. And it was like that. It was like that. Oh, it was man. like, turn off the thing. And then turn off the it, flash. Yeah, and that, woo! but no, it was so annoying that I just could not focus what was happening during the film. So that was why I just left out. I was like, oh God, that was definitely 3,000 years long in. But now <laughs> I thought it was an interesting film. I liked it. So yeah. What about okay, you? Well, I, I can definitely see that does not sound like a good experience to have. I can only share the heat. It was very hot. And I agree that it was it was a long film. It was slow and methodical. And in that sense, it did go on for quite a while. But simultaneously, and I can't really explain this, but it also went really quickly. Like, it was slow, but it also, like, whizzed by. And I think maybe that's because of the way that the film is structured. 
it felt very similar to the French Dispatch in yeah. the way that it has different stories going on and each story you're invested in. But then when you return to the main thread, this time being with Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba, that moves more slowly. I really yeah. liked it. I had a good time. I thought it was really interesting. But I do think that it didn't come together in the most satisfying way. In the, I thought the ending especially yeah. felt kind of rushed. Yeah, I agree. Because with the stories, they were just there to match up with Tilda Swinton's character, her journey that she's been through. And then it's just enclosed right there in that story. And then it decided to wander off somewhere that I thought it was just random. She was taking the gin home and then somehow the gin was getting overwhelmed with amount of electricity or static around in London, which doesn't make sense because that would have been the same in the hotel. So, mm, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I don't yeah. think in this modern world, wherever you go, if you're on land, you have a 70 or 80% chance that wherever you are, there's a lot of electricity going around. So like, yeah, I agree. That's something that it definitely came out of nowhere. She just takes him home and like their whole actual love story. It just, it did feel like it was out of the blue. And I was much yeah. more invested in the smaller stories. We get, yeah. we get three of them, I think. Yeah, we, we get, get three, three like exactly like the French Dispatch. But yeah, that's we're not, true. We're not going to compare that. But with the three stories, I thought they were interesting, but somehow it just didn't push me further, like into the film. Well, I don't. Maybe it was the heat of the cinema, or maybe it was those goofballs trying to disrupt the whole film. But basically, the three stories were interesting, but it was like definitely exploring the gin's life. One story that I really liked was looking at the story of the inventor. Uh, yes. Elazar? I forgot her name. I, ca I cannot remember the names of anyone yeah. in this movie other than the gin. Yeah, I really liked that one because it was reflecting Tilda Swinton's character and it was a really powerful moment of the film where she tried to invent something like with the moving pictures and she tried to do something for like Leonardo da Vinci, like with the spinning thing that goes in the air. If people yes. know what I mean. Yes, yes, yes. Things, spinny. The, the, the flyy, spinny, you know, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think spinny. that if I was to kind of like describe this movie, I would say that it is a very tragic tale. Oh, yes. Like, I would say that every story that the djinn tells has so much tragedy and sadness about the djinn's life himself and about the people who the djinn surrounds himself with and Tilda Swinton's character as well. Like... It's all tragic. It, they're lives of loneliness and regret and attempting to find love. And I thought that there was a lot to connect with every character. I felt like every character that the film focuses on, there's a lot to be said, whether it be the inventor who, you know, is trapped in not only a loveless marriage, but also within their own mind. You know, they can't like really realize their visions for various reasons, you know, whether it be the king who can kind of never feel satisfied and ends up devolving into drinks and murder to try and like satisfy themselves and their like need for power or whether it be the like servant girl who wants to kind of be of the king. And, and, and again, like there's all these like elements of tragedy and longing. And I feel like in all the different stories, those things came together really well and really succinctly. But when it came to that final act where we then focus on Tilda Swinton's character, 
it felt like it was focusing on the wrong things. These stories that we tell throughout the film, they span maybe 10 or 20 years each, you know, maybe a bit less than that in some cases, but they cover a long period of time and they pick exactly what's what's needed. Whereas you, when you get to the end, it feels like we waste time. We waste time with Tilda Swinton's weird bigoted neighbors. We waste time with Tilda Swinton at the airport trying to protect the glass bottle that she's got. These things, I feel, are much less important than the things that they choose to focus on in the stories themselves, which is why I think the stories themselves are really impactful. Whereas the actual like, ongoing narrative of Tilda Swinton, I think it's a lot less. Yes, I agree. It was just out of the blue with that whole third act. And I was just really confused why they did that. Okay, here's the thing. The film was exploring many things, like, as you said, with the characters, and like, there's a lot to connect. But there's one thing that I really, really loved to see was more of the mythology, where the djinn came from and who he was. But, I mean, at the beginning, you do, which I really liked. You know, like, he was telling the story about his love. He yes, got betrayed yes. by the music guy, the musician, mm. and then somehow it just gets sucked in into the genie. I don't know how that works, but just gets sucked in. And then it's just left on that. And then at one time, I don't know why this shows up, a creature just appears when the djinn tries to save the pregnant woman who wanted her to grant three wishes but then she didn't do the third wish and then the creatures came out and it was like a spider if you know what i mean there was a spider that came out and then he was like oh, now yeah. you won't have those three wishes and then that never comes up again the way that i read that and i agree that it's kind of strange is throughout the film similar with the beginning where tilda swinton sees that person at the airport who kind of freaks her out and she also sees the person like in the crowd when she's giving a speech yeah who again freaks yeah. her out I, I kind of read that, and they might have even said this in the film, I can't remember, but as like forces who are trying to keep the djinn, you know, away from the djinn's next bearer. That's how, oh. that's how I kind of read that. But oh, no, I, okay. I agree that those like those plot points kind of came up and then went. But I think what stood above it all for me was the filmmaking itself, the way that it realizes certain things. I really thought enchanted me and like whisked me away. I've heard some critics, you know, call out like a lot of CGI being used and how kind of the film looks muddy. I don't think that that's true. I think this film has a real beauty to it. The way that it realizes a lot of its scenes, I genuinely really liked. For example, we see the ways that like a gin is kind of like born and like the way that it kind of like people form like from atoms and i thought that, that was really cool when the musicians like playing music we get like the, the, this wacky kind of instrument i thought that all that was just like really interesting and cool in the way that all the different time periods are realized again i was just enchanted by it all and the score is done by tom holkenborg junkie xl who has done many films including Zack snyder's justice league i thought his score was amazing i really really liked it yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from with the filmmaker's process with everything that he's done over the time periods and the way how the camera fixates on stuff. And then it reveals a lot of things that you said with the musician's guitar, which is really cool. I thought, oh, wow, that, you know, that really unfolds everything out with this crazy film. But what I expected from George Miller, because Fury Road was a mad film. I'm not kidding. It's 
completely bonkers. It's just like you would not see anything else. But into this, I was really surprised because I thought he took something into this carefully with the characters, with Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton's, you know, like it was their relationship, you know, how they feel with their solitude and times of hardship. And that was the time to connect with each other. And I thought it was going to explore something crazier than that like there was something unexpected to happen but no it was just a very simple story with like you know three stories oh and those two stories you know depends on the three wishes Mm, that's true i liked a lot of the deconstruction of the classic genie story we've seen it in a lot of instances most famously aladdin and with that you get like the very same story that tilda swinton's character says like quite a few times in the film is always like a, a cautionary tale but in this, the way they deconstruct that through these past stories that the djinn explains, I really liked that and the way that kind of, instead of just popping up and being like, hey, three wishes, and then the protagonist is like, okay, cool. Instead, it's more of like a human story of trust where Tilda Swinton has to learn to trust and eventually love this djinn. And I do think that that was a really good aspect of the story. And although that fumbles, I really liked that epilogue when Tilda Swinton's character is writing the story of 3,000 Years of Longing. And she writes, you know, she gets to see her gin again and they walk off together. And I thought that that was just really, really sweet and a really nice ending. And I love that this film... You know, Tilda Swinton's character is a scholar who studies stories. And... I'm pretty sure it was mythology because I thought in the beginning she was looking at like stuff at the past, you know, like stories mm. of legends. And all of that, you know, I, th- I think it, she's literally a narratologist, meaning that she just like studies like general stories, which include myths and legends and all that. And this is a film about stories and the power of stories and the truth behind stories and love and longing and i thought that it it just really nailed that yeah the mythology stuff that it was exploring with tilda swinton's character like with stories with love stories with pain stories with solitude and that was nicely reflected but there's other thing that really really bugged me was there was a lot of false endings in this like the film was trying to set up an ending i don't know why but as the djinn and Tilda Swinton's character are in their house and then the djinn gets this music somewhere and then that calms them and then it just fades to black. And I thought, oh, is that the ending? But no, it just comes back. And there was another fade to black. I was like, oh, is this an ending? But no, it's not. I was like, when's the real ending going to be? This is 3,000 years long in. Yeah, it felt like Return of the King in the way that they fade to black and they pull out quite a few times and you do think that it's going to be the ending and in this case i i was sat there and i was kind i was almost expecting them to have it so it ends with tilda swinton being old and dying and the gin living on because (laughs) the three thousand years the three thousand years are over my final wish (sighs) and then just dies but yeah like that i I felt like that was I felt that that was very much in keeping with what the film was about. But no, there is a happy, happily ever after. And I did appreciate that. But I agree with you that, again, like in this final section, the film, it just can't stick the landing, which is a, such a shame because I feel like if it had, I feel like it would be so much more powerful. Certain things 
like where Tilda Swinton has to give up the gin because, as you say, he's dying because of all this electricity. And there's a really good scene where she enters a house and the house has got all like the gin's kind of magic, like dust, like in the air. And she goes into the basement and he's like almost like crumbling away because of all this like energy that he's taking in. And she has to send him away. And that could be so much more emotional if they'd have utilized that time to develop their relationship a bit better. Because I feel like, again, you don't need the nosy neighbors. You don't need the scene at the airport. You just need to focus on those two because they are the center of the movie. Yeah, as we're going back with their relationship, for me, the love relationship just came out of nowhere. But there's some details that I looked after the film. So it was at the beginning where she was on a plane and then she was reading a book with a finger. Like, as quickly as possible. And then her leg was shaking, like, Mm. up and down. And then that made me realize something. With the inventor, she did the same. And I thought it was their love. Like, their love for the djinn. Like, their fate was actually leading up meeting the djinn. But then again, it just didn't feel right with their love relationship. Like, it was just a bit out of nowhere. It, it just didn't really fully develop with that. It was just like, oh, do you love me? It was like, oh, it's like, is that your wish? Like, yes, do you love me or not? And like, yeah, well, yes, but but my wish is, yeah, yeah, well, do, do you love me? Uh, yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's why yeah, no, I agree that that moment to me was like a very kind of blatant light. When I saw the inventor reading like that and like, you know, like shaking the leg, I was like, okay, this is very, what we're trying to say that these two are entwined and we had a similar thing in the first story the queen gulps when they kind of fall for the magician and later on as the djinn is telling his story tilda swinton gulps like at his words and i read that as similarly that's the moment where tilda swinton falls for the djinn it but i just did feel like it came out of nowhere i feel like what we needed was a, a more gradual progression because it felt like at the, at, you know at the beginning she's like I don't trust you after the first story I don't trust you after the second story I don't trust you after the third story let's have sex it was like it just came out of nowhere <laughs> is that not what happened though that's just like it came that, out that's of nowhere definitely what happened that yeah that is the best description of the entire film <laughs> I mean it's I mean that's what happens though and it felt yeah, so happens, abrupt what happens and it's funny when that uh, scene starts when they start falling in love there's like a, a nova explosion star happening in their apartment or something like there's lots of stars that you see in the apartment like it was some galaxy within it and i thought that was pretty cool but it's just so random i was like eh? is this the film <laughs> yeah that that's you know what i'm talking about yeah but, yeah. yeah i mean I think that if this was just a tale set mostly in the past and they didn't deal with the modern day stuff, maybe it could have hit a lot more. And maybe Idris Elba as the djinn is narrating the whole thing because I feel like that was where the, the, the power came from for me. But at the end of the day, I really was, as I say, like swept away by this film and I really did appreciate what it did. So yeah, uh, what are you going to give 3,000 years of longing out of 10? Seven. Cool. I'm going to go eight. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, that's all for 3,000 years long. And hopefully that wasn't 
2,000 years long for you, so. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're listening on YouTube, give a like and subscribe if you want to see more. And on Spotify, you leave us a nice review and follow us if you want to see more. Next week, we're going to be doing Nope. And following on from that, we're going to be doing Prey and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. As I said last week, we're just going to be doing some real films. And it just feels good to talk about real films instead of, yeah. you know, all the Marvel stuff that we've been talking about. Not that we don't like Marvel, but, you know, you know, you know how it is. Well, you know we, got, we got to talk about something in cinema, so... Exactly. Yeah. And if you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, you can at Outside Film Pod. And give us an email. Tell us your thoughts on 3,000 Years of Longing. Ask us questions or just tell us anything and we will answer it right here on the podcast at Outside Film Pod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. We had an inter- interesting discussion about the film and you should go and see and see what you thought about it and uh, tell us in the comments or any theories. I looked into the theories of the film and I thought they were interesting, you know, what it was trying to uh, depict. But yeah, thank you for listening. Take what you're giving. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.